following is a presentation of Artisan Church in Rochester, New York. Good morning. Our call to worship today is Psalm 27, and it has a bit more impact uh, with recent events. So, the Lord is my light and my salvation. Whom shall I fear? The Lord is the stronghold of my life. Of whom shall I be afraid? When evildoers assail me to devour my flesh, my adversaries and foes, they shall stumble and fall. Though an army encamps against me, my heart shall not fear. Though war rises up against me, yet I will be confident. One thing I ask of the Lord that will, that will I seek after, to live in the house of the Lord all the days of my life, to behold the beauty of the Lord and to inquire in his temple. For he will hide me in his shelter in the day of trouble. He will conceal me under the cover of his tent. He will set me high on a rock. Now my head is lifted up above my enemies all around me, and I will offer in his tent sacrifices with shouts of joy. I will sing and make melody to the Lord. Hear, O Lord, when I cry aloud, be gracious to me and answer me. Come, my heart says, seek his face. Your face, Lord, do I seek. Do not hide your face from me. Do not turn your servant away in anger, you who have been my help. Do not cast me off. Do not forsake me. O God of my salvation, if my father and mother forsake me, the Lord will take me up. Teach me your way, O Lord, and lead me on a level path because of my enemies. Do not give up to the will of my adversaries, for false witnesses have risen against me, and they are breathing out violence. I believe that I shall see the goodness of the Lord in the land of the living. Wait for the Lord. Be strong and let your heart take courage. Wait for the Lord. Okay, uh, I think the next step is we're going to read the pre-sermon passage, which is from Philippians. Um, Chapters 3, verse 17 through chapter 4, verse 1. It is on 955 in your red Bibles. Brothers and sisters, join in imitating me and observe those who live according to the example you have in us. For many live as enemies of the cross of Christ. I've often told you of them, and now I tell you even with tears. Their end is destruction. Their God is the belly, and their glory is in their shame. Their minds are set on earthly things. But our citizenship is in heaven, and it is from there that we are expecting a Savior, the Lord Jesus Christ. He will transform the body of our humiliation, that it may be conformed to the body of his glory by the power that also enables him to make all things subject to himself. Therefore, my brothers and sisters, whom I love and long for, my joy and crown, stand firm in the Lord in this way my beloved. Thank you, Dan. So we're going to do something a little different today, not doing a traditional sermon in this time slot, Um, but we're going to have a discussion with uh, some uh, leaders here at Artisan about what life together looks like. And I want to begin, before I call them up, by acknowledging the fact that we're directly talking about all of the stuff that's happening in the world right now. I know that's in the back of your minds, maybe the fronts of your minds, some of you, and uh, it is for me as well. 
I've been struck throughout the service today, Brian mentioned at the call to worship, even in that passage that Dan just read, how much scripture speaks to our time in a way that sometimes still surprises me. Um, So I imagine a Ukrainian Christian right now, or a Ukrainian Jew, might read Psalm 27 and make that their prayer. And I certainly imagine um, an LGBTQ person from the United States, particularly from states that are assailing their personhood with legislation, praying Psalm 27. I can imagine someone having been abandoned by their family, saying, even if my mother and father forsake me, the Lord will never forsake me. All of those things are ringing in our ears and in our hearts. And... um, to me, really speaks to the incredibly high value of being in community with each other. I was talking to a friend yesterday who asked me, he knows I'm a pastor, he asked me, so has attendance been going up at your church? And I was like, I think so. And I, I couldn't, it took me a minute to figure out what he was, why he was asking that question. I was like, you mean because the state mask mandate went away? Do you think there were people who were like not coming to church because they had to wear a mask? And he's like, no. Like, look around you. Do you th- don't you think people need God and need spiritual community right now more than ever? And of course he was right. And so we're, we're not directly talking about all of that stuff right now. We're going to be talking about what it means to be in community together in this strange time and how we can navigate some of the changes and adaptations that are happening, not just at Artisan, but in the culture at large. And all of that stuff is always going to be in the background. And if you're a person who's especially feeling assailed right now, I really strongly encourage you to pray the words of Psalm 27 this week. Um, if you've never used the Psalms for prayer, it's a wonderful tool. When you don't have the words, you don't need to, because they're right there. So... Let me invite our panel forward. This is our LT panel, and that's a double entendre. They are members of our leadership team, but we are here to discuss life together. I'd actually like to begin by asking you to introduce yourselves a little bit. Um, Many people here at Artisan know all of you really well, um, but not everybody does. We do have a lot of newcomers. So these are three members of our leadership team. And so to introduce yourself, um, just give your name and something about like how long you've been part of Artisan or maybe the thing that you love to do at Artisan or whatever. And then uh, your least favorite COVID cliche, <laughs> your most annoying term that people use during COVID. So whoever has one that wants to like, make sure that someone else doesn't take it should go first. I'll go first. <laughs> um, my name is Melody Boyd. And I've been at Artisan since 2013. Um, and Pivot is my least favorite. Um, no shade if you've used the word. I've used the word. But every time I do, I cringe inwardly and outwardly. You can still say that word to me. It's not off limits. But that is my least favorite. Sorry, Brian. My name is Brian D'Angelo. I've been at Artisan since, oh, goodness, I don't, know. I don't even know. I mean, when we were in the, this building for the first time, and then we went to the German house, and then we came back, like, 
however long that's been. So, um, and my biggest cliche is pivoting. Um, <laughs> okay. Uh, I'm Della Polito, and uh, I love artists. <laughs> I found Anderson online. We moved from Long Island to uh, Rochester without knowing a soul in 2007. And uh, Jason, the former pastor, just came like the same day we moved and helped us move into our um, our home. So uh, Artisan has a really special place in my heart. I'm giving way too much information, uh, but okay. my least favorite cliche, I guess, is the these unprecedented times. <laughs> it's, it's kind of like nails on a chalkboard for yeah. me. Um, yeah. But I, I think we stopped using that as much because. <laughs> I deliberately used both of those cliches today. If you yeah. didn't, that was, that was an intentional difference. Thank you. Thanks, Scott. <laughs> yes. Yes. Um, yeah. One of my favorite moments, favorite moments during this was this whole thing was um, last fall when when Delta came and we were kind of seeing the numbers go back up and somebody somebody said we were so close to precedented times. <laughs> um, uh, uh, May we not have to make that joke again. <laughs> Lord, hear our prayer. Um, so what we want to be talking about here is a whole range of things. And what happened, the impetus for this was we were having a conversation at our leadership team meeting a few weeks ago about what community life feels like right now, the challenges that we're facing, um, how we, we were talking about how we're kind of gradually going to try to reintroduce some of the liturgical components that have been lost during the pandemic and how we can kind of encourage folks to re-engage at a, in a way and at a level that feels comfortable and appropriate for them uh, while acknowledging that there's a really wide range of how that is defined uh, in our community, even here in the room, especially when you consider folks online. And it was such a rich discussion that it kind of was like, we should kind of have this discussion publicly in some ways. That was what was going through my head. And so I have a few questions that I'm going to ask you to, to respond to, and it's, I hope it'll be very conversational, and I hope that for all of you here, and for those of you joining us online, I think you can still see me, uh, um, that this will be something that's encouraging to you and challenging to you in all the best ways, okay? So my first question is, um, what, and you, don't have to, you can take as long as you want with this, you don't have to answer like, for super long, you can be short if, you like, if you'd like. What is something you've really missed during the times when we've not been able to be together in person. I mean, you're here in the room in person today, but there's a long time where we haven't, didn't have that option at all or didn't feel comfortable or it wasn't right for us just yet or whatever. What's something that you really miss during those times about artisan and church community? I can, I can say it right away. I... I'm a very tactile person, and I really, one of the things I missed so much was hugs. I know it's weird, but the, um, I, I, was, I was thinking about what community feels like and what it's all about, and um, I was thinking about the fact that Christ came in the flesh, and part of, oh, sorry, sorry, oh. Uh, that Christ came in the flesh and was embodied and that we as humans are the same way, uh, that we, not everybody loves touch, but I think there's something about being in a three-dimensional space with someone else that is unique. And I felt a great deal of loss 
when we went to just seeing each other on screens. Um, it was nice to see faces, but there's something about being in the same space as someone else that can't really be replicated um, over, uh, over the screen uh, digitally. So that's what I miss the most, is being able to touch and to hug people and to just be in the same space. My first thought when I heard the question is, I miss Dell's hugs. Uh, so, and I mean that very seriously. And I also was thinking about the idea of embodiment. And again, as Dell said, not everyone necessarily likes hugs or touch, but the, the kind of eye contact or seeing someone tear up or being able to look in their eyes and say, I know you had that big appointment this week. How did it go? That kind of sense of community, which is, I know a little bit about what's going on for you, and I care, and I want to know how, um, how, you're, how you're actually doing. Um, and I think that the question of how are you has, now I might be veering from this question a little bit, but that's actually been a very difficult question for me. Um, so now I say I'm here. That's the best I can do. And that actually feels um, like embodiment, like I'm here. That's that's the best I can do right now. But I'm I'm here, and that's that's meaningful. I'm gonna piggyback off you. Maybe not the hugs, but um, <laughs> the um, but friendships. I mean, there's a lot of people within this church community that we're close to, and it was always refreshing to come in on Sunday morning and you know to see their face, to catch up on the week, see how they're doing and um you know just have that uh continued friendship and personal connection. Um and the other thing too is just communal worship. I mean there's there's a big difference of being in the room and singing together than sitting on the couch in your living room and and singing and um so I I think um being able to hear my voice drowned out by everybody else's voice is just refreshing and um and, and those are the two things. Wow. Thanks for sharing all of that. So um, I'll sort of combine the next two questions that I had. The, the next question was going to be, what's something that you have not missed? And maybe it surprises you that you didn't miss it. Um, but I think it actually connects with what the third question was going to be, which is, what are some of the obstacles and challenges that, that you still face and that you know others still face about being back in person? And the reason I see that those things might be connected is that um, something that I've heard people say a number of times is like, I'm actually not sure what, if any, part of this I need in my life right now, today. And some people are saying that directly and some people are um, saying it in other ways. And I suppose... Uh, for the most part, I'm, I'm going to not talk much here, and I want the panel to speak, but, but this is something that I want to say as your pastor and as people's pastor, that, that if you are in a season of life where, where your spiritual needs have changed, and it's, it, it's time to move on from things, including the church community that you've loved, I think that's actually, it can be a normal and healthy thing, and... Um, Maybe folks who've had that experience are sort of by definition not hearing me say that, and I, I hope that I'll get a chance to say that to anybody who needs to hear it, but um, we love having everybody be part of our community, and we recognize that there are seasons and times in our spiritual lives, and, and um, we love you even if you, if you aren't here, right? So that was, I, um, I got way off my question, I'm sorry. So, 
some of the challenges and obstacles that you've faced in, in getting back to in-person worship, and maybe that would include for you something that turns out you didn't really miss anyway. Does that make sense? Um, I'll say that I found it kind of surprising how much I really enjoyed and still enjoy um, online worship. I think for me there's something about not having to think about what's happening in the room or how I might be looking to someone or just being able to like sing on Zoom. I know it sounds like Brian had the opposite experience, and that's fine. One of the things I think we really want to emphasize is that no one person's story will match everyone's story, and maybe you'll hear bits and pieces that resonate and really don't resonate with you, and that's okay. This hasn't been the same experience for everyone. I actually really have appreciated that kind of solo time, um, and I think for me that ties into the question of what's an obstacle. This is still ongoing for me. I mean it seriously when someone's, how are you? And I say, I'm here. That feels like a win. Like, that's, that's not a small thing. Um, so in terms of what's been hard or an obstacle, not just about being in person on Sunday, but thinking about reengaging in life, I feel like the last two years rearranged me. I feel not like a different person, but a deeply, deeply changed person. I feel like the the losses and the grief and the things that I hoped for that didn't happen or the things that I thought would happen that uh, or that, that people would show up in certain ways or the capital C church would show up in certain ways and didn't, I feel deeply crushed. And so going into spaces, whether it's artisan or my job or the grocery store, just sort of showing up in a physical space two years from, I mean, it was like, I think yesterday, the day before, was the two-year anniversary of um, the World Health Organization naming this a global pandemic. And I know that's repetitive, global pandemic, but... Um, the the feeling of showing up differently and not knowing how to engage in the same ways. Like, what are my expectations for myself? What do other people expect of me? Feeling like I don't have the same capacities to show up in the ways that I used to is very... It's painful. It's confusing. It's awkward. And I feel that in... Not, again, not just thinking about Sunday mornings, but just what does life in community look like. So I'll, st- I'll stop there. But I think that the piece about this being what does life look like, holding intention, the losses and the pain of the last two years and showing up differently. And I think we're all showing up differently in some way, even if it's just two years later. Um, the ways in which we've been hurt and grown and changed, how do we honor that? And that's, that's hard to do when someone says, how are you? Um, so I think, for me, that's still an ongoing challenge. I think some of the things I realized that, uh, you know, I didn't really miss... Uh, we're on the west side, we're out in Chai Lai, and so uh, some of these things are going to sound petty, but they all add up to life. I mean, uh, wrangling the kids in the morning to go out to another place is just not having to do that for one 
extra time in the week is it's refreshing. Um, or the 20 minute drive back and forth. I mean, so those are petty small things, but they also add to what I constitute as a quality of life thing where you're not, you're not dealing with those struggles. Um, small talk. Um, you know, I think one thing that in two years of the pandemic, uh, anyone that knows my wife, Ariana, she's, uh, she's an art teacher and, and an introvert, um, through and through. And I think I've, come to find a little bit of that inner introvert in me um, through this time and uh, realizing some of those things like, yeah, I want to catch up with friends and everything, but I also, I, like, I'm not the best at, like, engaging new people and in trying to connect, and it's always a struggle for me. And so while I have to push myself to, to do that because it's, um, it's an integral part of community, um, Sometimes it's kind of nice not to have to do the small talk. Um, I think the things that we're struggling with, and I really do mean it's a struggle right now, um, and I'm speaking for myself and, and for my wife and for my kids too, is that, um, especially for Ariana, uh, she's an art teacher, and um, and anyone that has kids right now just know that <laughs> how the pandemic has hit kids and and during this time is just really crazy. Um, so my wife is this type of person that has a pitcher and she's, you know, pouring it out all week for people and she barely has enough time to refill that pitcher in a weekend. Um, most of the time she doesn't. Uh, and then you tack on that this year is probably the, not probably, it's easily the most difficult year of teaching she's ever had in, in her life. Um, it's increased behavioral issues, it's skill regression from kids, it's uh, added things that are required, you know, whether it's masks or all the different changes within the, the school environment. Um, so for this person that's already had their pitcher completely dumped out during a normal year, this year it's been deficit overload. Um, and so weekends are the t like the, one of the few opportunities to you know, refresh and try to regain some of that. Um, and honestly, most of the time it isn't. It's, I, I, it's pivoting. It's deciding. Okay, how did things not work this week? And what do I need? How do I need to change my lesson plans? How do I need to do this? I mean, she's the type that is putting way um, beyond the normal school hours to to help these kids during this time. And I'm sure there's a lot of you that maybe you're not in education, but you are in a different field that you feel that same way. Um, I'm also recognizing, too, that it's very much happening in my kids as well. Uh, in the last two years, I've realized that Rowan, um, I have two children, uh, Rhea, she's eight, Rowan, he's six. Um, Rowan, for the first time in his life, went to school uh, without a mask the other day. Like, he's never known it. He started right from kindergarten or being on Rhea's Zoom calls the year before when he was four. Um, so... I'm realizing too how much of an introvert he is and how much he needs that personal time to refresh and uh, regain himself. Um, and so, to be honest, getting up for church on a Sunday morning is another social circle that you have to engage him with and you have to prep him for. And you have to say, all right, this is what the plan is. This is what we're going to do. You know, mommy and daddy are going to be in church. We're going to, uh, you, you know, uh, the kids wing will be open for you guys and everything. And it's, it's sometimes you just don't want to go through that. Um, and I feel, I've talked to Scott a lot about this too. I feel really guilty about that, like feeling that way. Um, 
struggling to try to be, a, you know, <laughs> some form of a leader in this church, and then also having that feeling like I don't want to go. Like, it, it makes me sad. It makes me embarrassed. It makes me feel guilty. Um, but the real feelings, I mean, I don't want to ignore those. So, thank you so much for sharing that. That's very um, vulnerable, and I appreciate that. And um, if anybody else is feeling guilty about some of those same things, I, I hope that you will be gentle with yourself about that. And I hope you will too, Brian. I was like so engaged in what they were saying. I'm like, what's the question again? <laughs> Um, I think we were talking about obstacles. Uh, I've I've got like a more uh, external obstacle as I'm currently uh, training to become a physician assistant and um, I'm in the clinical portion of my training so I'm with patients all day, every day. And uh, uh, I, I was not prepared for the the fatigue, like the bone tired I would feel at the end of the day, um, end of the week in particular, uh, depending on the rotation I have. Sometimes I have like 14-hour days, which, you know, those who are residents know. So I, I, you know. But um, all this to say is that I wasn't prepared for that, and I tend to be a person who loves being around people. But um, I went shopping yesterday for the first time in like a month because usually what happens is like Friday, I just stay home, and I study, but I do nothing but just like study and sit around the house. And I don't feel the need or the desire to go anywhere because I'm going, going, going throughout the week. So my biggest obstacle is just this physical fatigue and also mental, the cognitive fatigue that I feel from the week. Um, I, I'm sorry, I'm pivoting here, but I feel a tremendous amount of loss. Um, I love this community. I love the people here. I, my deep joy and gift is to be here to encourage people, to remind them that they are deeply loved and valued by God. And so having this fatigue is really painful. Um, I feel like I've not been able to be as present, check in on as many people as I want to, because I literally cognitively can't like put out anything else. Um, and, and that feels really hard. Uh, it feels like, just as Brian said, that I'm not doing my part as a, as a leader. Not because I feel like I'm a leader, but I've always loved to know people, to engage people, um, to have people over to my home. That's something that I've absolutely loved and adored. And so that's really, really hard. Um, and... Uh, so what it does is it makes me kind of get into my head about what I'm failing to do. And, uh, and so coming back to church reminds me of grace. You know, like, okay. It's okay. And I need to be reminded of that. Uh, and I need to remind others that it's okay. You know, uh, that we don't have to be perfect, that we don't have to have it all together, but we just need to, if we can, be here for each other. Um, in Hebrews uh, 10, and this is talking about, you know, the when Jesus returns, but I'm, I'm just sort of going to riff on it a little bit, but it says, uh, 
you know, and let us consider how to provoke one another to love and good deeds, not neglecting to meet together as is the habit of some, but encouraging one another all the more as you see the day approaching. Like, I feel like that's what church is for me, and that's what I'm here to do. Um, and so when I think about these questions, I want to pivot away. Uh, I want to. I, I honestly know. I want to move away from thinking only about me, but about we. You know. Um, so, that's a long-winded response of saying that I, I miss um, the obstacle is just having the energy, both physical and cognitive, to be present to this beloved community. Thanks, Del. And that that is a beautiful passage of scripture, which has also been, I think borderline weaponized at times during the pandemic um, to, to lean on people to, to come into a space where they don't feel comfortable or safe. And I, I, um, I hope it goes without saying that that's not, you know, that scripture is so powerful, um, but that one little thing about do not neglect us, the, the, the coming together as some have, you know, we're, we're not directing that toward anybody in particular, but... Um, the idea of the power of being in community t- together. So I- I'm actually going to make a quick uh, on-the-fly, um, I'm going to call an audible. Um, <laughs> see if we can move the ball down the field here. Um, <laughs> uh, I'm not a big fan of f- football metaphors. Uh, that's my thing. But anyway, um, given what you've all just shared, mm-hmm. which was really like very personal and deep, and I, I imagine for sure all kinds of people resonated, both in person and online, with some of what you just said, um, limiting yourself just to the words themselves, the feelings themselves. How do you feel being in the room today or over the past few weeks, given the obstacles that you've just described? How does it feel to be here? And, and I'm going I'm to give you the freedom to try to explain more about it other than just to say it feels blank. Um, and if, you wanna, if you're not ready for that or, or don't want to, that you don't have to all answer it. I know it wasn't on my list that I sent you. Um, to be cliche, I feel all the feels. I feel um, anxious. I feel overwhelmed. I feel grateful. Uh, I feel uncertain. And that uncertain piece, I, actually, I'm going to call an audible and connect to what um, <laughs> Del and Scott were just saying about um, scripture. And one of the things I found I didn't miss or I appreciated about online worship is that I was able to, and this is me being very... <laughs> Um, unfiltered, I could curate my experience a little bit more. So as I mentioned earlier, I've been very frustrated with Capital C Church and very hurt even more in the past two years than in the past X number of years. Mm-hmm. And some verses are very painful for me. Um, and so even that phrase, like as others have, um, that didn't feel hard for me, but th- that's a good example of how sometimes those verses just really dig and if I could see it on Zoom, I could, I could mute it for 10 seconds just because I, I just can't today. Hmm. And so that, has, that piece about feeling uncertain, for me, it's partially about just being in this space and connecting with people I haven't connected with in a long time. But to be honest, that's also part of it, is some of the, um, some of the pain points that aren't about artisans specifically, but are about broader kind of social um, dynamics that show up when you hear a, a, a verse. Hmm. Um, so that's some of how I'm feeling. Thanks. How about you, Brian and Dell? How do you feel 
being in the room today or in previous weeks? I feel elated. Uh, <laughs> I know, I know. <laughs> it's me being me, but it's true. I, you know, there's a sort of like, okay, you have to get over the hump of not being able to roll out of bed and turn on the screen. But once I'm here, I'm just like, yes. <laughs> you know, like, I'm so happy to see people that I haven't seen in a long time. I'm so happy to know how people are doing. I'm so happy to worship as a community, to feel like I'm part of a body. I mean, that's the thing that I feel was missing for me, is this idea that I feel like we were becoming like atoms again, as opposed to being a full Disintegrated. body. Disintegrated, yeah. Um, I was going to say deconstructed, but then I'm like, no, 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 we're not going to use that word. <laughs> um, but disintegrated, yeah. I felt disintegrated, disembodied. And here it reminds me, you know, when I see people in this room, I'm like, this community is not complete without Dan. This community is not complete without, you know, Chris, who's in Virginia right now. You know, this community is not what it is because we, we need each other and we're an integral part of each other's lives. So I feel elated to see this portion of our community and I hope to see more people, not because they should be here, but because I need them. <laughs> it's really selfish, but I, I do. I need to be reminded. I need their gifts. I need their um, their presence, um, not in a selfish way, but to re be reminded that I am part of something bigger than just myself. Mm, thank you. Did you want to add anything? Yeah, I'm struggling with my mindset right now. Um, and I'm, I think I'm reflecting more personally than communal-wise right now. Like, um, So I joined the leadership team not, I, I can't remember when it was, but pretty much my entire time on the leadership team has been during a pandemic. And so I've been able to hide in the background. Um, I've been able to, to help and provide some insight um, while, you know, not really having to be forward facing. Um, and then I sit here with two absolute powerhouses and, um, and I feel insufficient. Um, and so some, some of this being able to hide in the background of, of church and being able to be an active member of the community in, in the sense of being on the leadership team, um, I feel like I'm, uh, I'm being drawn out in the open now and I feel vulnerable. And uh, I think I'm, I think I'm missing a little bit of that excuse to, you know, well, you know, we get to have our meetings on Zoom, or we get, we get to um, just being able to hide in the background. So I think that's paired with the feeling of it felt great to be in worship today. It felt great to see faces today, but um, yeah, I feel vulnerable. Hmm. What a range of emotions present just in these three individuals. And there's 70 more of you in the room, and who knows how many people on Zoom and on Facebook. Um, I, you know, maybe it's the counselor in training in me, but I just want to affirm the way that you feel as, as valid. And thank you for sharing all of that. Um, well, we're, we, panel discussions are so great, and they're always so hard to, to keep short. I do want to close with, and, and I was very... I would like to just point out, I was very permissive in the way that I just said, give me one feeling or word, and then 
you all just gave like big long answers, and it was they were beautiful, and I'm I'm so glad that you did. I'm so happy that you elaborated on your feelings. That was not fair of me to ask you not to elaborate on your feelings, and I'm going to hold you to it this time because we are a little short on time. Um, beep 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 beep. <laughs> yes, there's the beep happened four minutes ago actually. Um, if you had one sentence to say to folks who, who maybe are watching online right now and worshiping from afar, um, what would you want them to hear from you and from their, their spiritual community? Which this is, despite the fact that we're having a conversation about being in the room and some folks are not in the room. I, I want you all who are worshiping online to feel like this is your spiritual community, no matter what decisions you make going forward. That's the thing I want to say to you. But what's one sentence, if you have one, that you'd say to folks who are sitting... Um, maybe at home, maybe in a coffee shop, maybe a dart on a walk, whatever they're doing, they're online, for whatever reason it might be, what would you say to them? We love you. Can you say more about that? I'm just kidding. <laughs> 1970, no. I can't limit it to one sentence, but I'll speak really fast. Um, I related the pandemic to our, as a tornado to my wife the other day, and that, yes, maybe the tornado has passed, and that's debatable, um, but the aftermath in its wake is still there. Um, there are people that are picking up the pieces um, in their kids and in other people's lives, and so even if we think we're out of, the, out of it, um, there's a lot of recovery that has to happen, so be graceful for people that are picking up those pieces. Mm, thank you. Yeah, I've been thinking about sitting in the shards of the last two years. And so I, I guess I would say you're not, you're not alone in sitting in the shards. And we get to do that together. Well, amen. Thank you so much. I really appreciate all three of you and um, uh, all of the members of our leadership team who had great insights as well that informed this conversation. For more information, visit us at artisanchurch.com.